Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is... Oh, wait. We have announcements. I forgot. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to have something funny to respond to that. I didn't. I wish I could, if I could sound like a 1940s recording person, like, authorities are looking for a... You did it. You just did it. Oh, I did it. Nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Your favorite podcasters, Katie and Kimberly, are looking for a listener named by the name of Christopher. Now, Christopher did something incredible for us. He sent us some incredible cross-stitches, a pillow and some framed cross-stitches, and they're amazing. And I've tried to find him on social media, and yet I cannot. He has evaded authorities for this far. So, Christopher, if you are yourself, please reach out to us on social media so we can fully thank you for your amazing presence to us. <laughs> Christopher, you're just the bee's knees. I've got mine right up here behind me on the wall. <laughs> and boy, I can tell you, it's the cat's pajamas, Christopher. You are the one. Second announcement, we are going to do our Patreon book club. This is an announcement for Katie as well, because her podcast partner, Kimberly, has kept her out of the loop on this one. We are going to do our Patreon book club for the second time in August. So the book is called If I Disappear, and it is about a podcaster who disappears. There we go. And the fact that all of you voted for that is very concerning. So you have plenty of time to read the book. We're probably not going to do it till the end of August. So join our Patreon at yeah. the $10 level, and you could join our live streams every month and our book club that we are doing every three to six months. Every so often. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been an announcement from the public broadcasting, K, K Broadcasting System. K&K Broadcasting System. Perfect. I'm trying to make it get quieter. <laughs> so this episode that we're doing is called The Feud because we are still in repeat hell. It's not really hell. Repeats no, it's of not. Dateline are good, just not if you've seen a lot of them because then you've probably... When they're repeats that we've already done, it's a little frustrating. Although we'll say this Friday's, sorry, this Saturday's episode is one that we did and for some reason never talk about again about how bonkers it was and Which, what I, is it it's very frustrating it's called secrets on the M emerald coast and it's the one that keith always mentions in interviews when he talks about the craziest dateline he's ever done it involves sister wives and a pastor and it's bonkers so it's holy people doing something super unholy some yeah unholy and business. then okay. having alibi that's full of holes as well and it is just it's crazy and vi and it's horrible but it's fascinating and we never talk about it again so i recommend watching that one and then listening to our podcast i'm gonna go back and listen i would like to i barely to remember the episode yeah but it was like wilder even than twisted faith and i still never talk about it why can't we do seeing we're in repeat season why can't we do a brief let us know if you'd like us to do just an episode about the wildest religious episodes, because we could cover three very quickly and just talk more about them. Yeah, I would love that. Although... I would love that, too. Please let us know if you'd like us to do that, because I think it'd be really fun. They're going to say yes. Great. So let's do it. Okay, good. <laughs> That'd be great. That's I can great. speak for the people, and they're going to say yes. Cool. So this episode does not have religion. Well, actually, there is some religion in this episode, but it is the closest to an episode of one of my favorite ID shows, Fear Thy Neighbor. 
Oh, it's on Fear Thy Neighbor. That I was going to cover this one in a double date. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised we have not talked about this case because I've known about this for a minute. Yeah. There's also, there's other podcasts on it. There's a bunch of stuff out there on this case. And I have some outside info this time. Oh, good. So this episode aired season 24, episode 49. Did I say it was called The Feud? It's called The Feud. And I'm not talking about that Betty Davis versus whoever she was feuding with in that TV show. Joan Crawford? I think it was Joan Crawford. Mm -hmm. This aired on July 22nd, 2016, hosted by Keith. And right away going into it, I thought, if he does not lean on a fence, I'm going to be pissed. To my delight, he leaned on multiple fences. Yeah. Fences make good leans. And also, Montana just seems to be ripe with fences. So All many the fences. fences. Okay. Instead of calling it Big Sky Country, they should call it Big Fence Big Fence Country. Country. Yeah. Yeah. BFC. So <laughs> Lester opens by saying, fences make good neighbors, they say. But this one made for a fight. This man refused to be fenced in. Oh, boy. Okay. He also says, did the dead man's body tell a different story? Which I have to mention because that is our... Mank's favorite addition to our bingo cards that he added himself, which is police heard a different story. There we where go. Where you emphasize it like that. And Lester does a, the dead man's body told a different story. Thank so, you, Lester. Yeah. So Keith starts by saying, there are still places in America so peaceful. God must have been smiling. God's not going to be smiling for long. No, This not. is Dateline God. Wipe that smile off your face. Yeah, God's going to get grumpy real fast. Mm-hmm. Bob Marshall Wilderness in Montana is where we are. More than a million natural acres. The humans here, merely a small, pale stain on the fringes of a paradise. Good? Wow. Key. And he acted all weird when you called him like a poet and a and an author and a playwright. He's not any of the... He is a writer, though. Come on. Well, I think he just can't take a he compliment. He was all shy. Yeah, he was all shy. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But this is not the first time this episode that Keith besmirches humans as a group. I don't know if you noticed. It happens again later. But what... Did someone hurt him? Some, someone something, hurt him someone this hurt him. week specifically. Yeah. And I'm sorry. he was upset. Usually he is besmirking... Besmirching? Besmirching. He's also besmirking. That's Mank's job. Yeah, that's Mank's He's besmirked. Keith usually besmirches the town where we are. Right. And this time it's the people. We are a merely a pale stain. I mean, he no, he besmirches people on a much larger a scale global than scale. in a town. On a yeah. worldly universal scale. Yeah. All the in, humans. All of us are pale stain makers. Boy, that's rough. Thanks, Keith. So then he says, harmony and community were the rule. Not for long. Again, this is Dateline. Correct. Tim Newman is the man we're introduced to on a video, like a home video, saying, praise the Lord for this country, which is some of our very small religious references in this episode is that what you were talking about when you said there was religion because this is that's yeah. really it that yeah this that's is, really it this is the end yeah no that was pretty much all it was yeah. <laughs> his daughter christy called him a mountain man and his wife jackie said he was building them a cabin up there and she would wake up to hammers and saws going and she seemed just very 
accepting of that. It's something that most wives would not tolerate. I think it's okay. Unless you have a baby, I feel like that would be kind of, something about that sounds a little comforting, kind of. you. I sort of, sometimes I like to wake up to noise. Not if I'm not expecting it. Not if it's something outside. Not like a jackhammer. But he didn't have a jackhammer up there. Did you see Money Pit? Because all I'm picturing is Money Pit. Money Pit. 24-7. But Jackie is nothing like... Shelly Long. Jackie, no. Jackie herself Long was is a, a mountain lady. A pretty good sport about it. It was really Tom Hanks that had a bigger problem, I think. Yeah. Well, Tom Hanks, they like to get Tom Hanks riled up in movies because it's so funny because he's it such is. an yeah. overreactor. I mean, the burbs, they like to get also, him riled. Did that aged well do The Money Pit? Because that is literally one of my favorite movies ever. So one of the neighbors... In this area. So for the everyone is very community-based and loving, understanding, until a neighbor named Joe Campbell decides to buy up hundreds of acres of land. And this land is between public, sorry, a bunch of little cabins where people live, so a bunch of neighbors live, mm-hmm. and public wilderness. So his land that he buys has all of these trails where the people that lived in the cabins, all of his neighbors, would walk these trails to get to the public land that it has everyone, everyone has access to. He buys this trail, all this trail land, hundreds of acres, and refuses to let anyone use the trails anymore. And he had been one of the people that used the trails to get to the public wilderness. But now he's not doing it. He now hates everyone and wants it to just be his land, which is his right, but it sounds like he's a total D. I have a question. Yeah. When did the flip happen? Did Was it, was he, okay, so they're all, when you're saying the neighbors, they explained something called Diamond Bar X. Is that yeah. an actual, sorry, what is that? It's a dude ranch. It's a that ranch. It, that okay. he bought, yes, but I believe he bought even more like outside of that too. He bought everything surrounding it. But everyone, so, all the cabins are kind of around that dude ranch. Is that yes. kind of so the Della Rosas, our big couple interview, they yes. live in a cabin. They don't own the Diamond no. Bar X. They just live near they it. They live near it. Okay. Yes, Understood. exactly. So yeah. Joe had been like Friendly with all these people because it can't be that many people. What a hundred? No, everyone max? knows each other, right. and not everyone full time live there. They part time live there, and but they all know each other. And for generations, everyone who's been in that area has walked those trails to get to the public wilderness. So when did the switch happen? Was he hanging out with all these people at Diamond Bar X thinking someday I'm going to buy all this land and all of these Kick guys... Kick all of you losers out of here. Right. Is he thinking that? Or is it once he owns the property, he has somehow amassed this massive amount of land that he just turns into a curmudgeon? Like I, what has... I feel like it was before and that was part of his plan, but we don't really know. He didn't share with his plans with anyone. But to that's my a bad plan to be nicey, 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 and then turn mean. Is a that's a bad plan. I mean, you don't want anyone protesting you buying this land. Not that they have a say in it, but like you want everyone to be on your good side until. And so he didn't care that generations had been using this property. So people were furious. The Della Rosas, who are our 
main couple, they felt violated. They were furious. Did you love them? I loved them. She's super quaffed. Sue is very quaffed. And he's kind of like wily. I like yeah. them. Also, yeah. they're your perfect couple. That's why I was excited because I'm like, those are the couple that come home from the party yep. and talk about what so-and-so said. And did you yep. know so-and-so is sleeping with so-and-so? Yep. Let's discuss for two hours. Yes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't love the drama that they were involved with, with in with Joe because that would stress me out. I love more when it's drama that doesn't include us. Like so-and-so killed his wife. Let's discuss. But if it's like, I hate Joe, he's screwing us over, then I would be a little stressed. But I, they were in it together. They were a team. They were a I team. I loved them. It'd be all right. So then we meet this deputy who had to respond to calls all the time. He hated his life. F my life. I got to go up the mountain again because Joe has pissed off somebody or Joe is calling because somebody's walking on his stupid trails. He, they, he like, it's just conflict all the time. So I do have a breakdown of all the conflicts. Oh, God. I'm also, sure there's... 25 calls. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's a lot of calls. I'm surprised not more. So everyone thought he was a huge bully. And yeah. he is calling on them for walking on his land. But I think they're trying to get him in trouble, too. Yeah. The minute he started being... A jerk. I yeah. think they flipped and were like, okay, we're going to make your life a little complicated too here, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah. So somebody films him confronting them. So this person, we don't know who they are. They're part of a hunter party. Group of people, I think. Yeah. yeah. There's a group of hunters. I don't like that hunters are, they call it a party. It's not a party. Oh, that's old. I don't like I that. I don't think you're going to change that. I think that's that's back from like the foxes. I know. I'm not going to. But I can still have my feelings. So they are filming him. He has a gun out, but it's not just a gun. It's called a street sweeper, which is used for riot control. It didn't um, look like some sort of fancy gun. To me, when you see it in the thing, it just looked like a rifle. What it, What can it do that a rifle uh, can't do? It seemed intense. It seems very intense and violent. And then when they said, why do you have that huge gun? And he said, oh, it's a bird gun. I'm shooting birds. And they're like, that's not a bird gun. So he's, you know, has this gun and like, you're on my property, get out of here. And this is a group of hunters and he's fearless talking to them with his big gun. Also, what's he doing? Does he see them crossing and comes out with his big gun or is he just patrolling? I feel like he patrols all day. I think he has his Fitbit on and he's getting his steps in, walking around his property just to make sure no one steps a toe on it. I think you're totally right. I think he's ignoring his wife, who we will meet later. Tanny. So that he, Tanny, I thought it was Tandy and I was really excited. It wasn't Tandy. It's Tanny. It's Tanny. So he is obsessed with this and confronting people, always carrying a gun. So And Keith throws massive shade. Did you catch this right now? What does he say? He Keith uses this phrase multiple times through the thing. He says, long used traditional trails... He says it very pointedly multiple times throughout to point out that these trails had been used many a moon for -hmm. people to get to this public land. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Keith is throwing shade at Joe. So we know what side Keith is on. We know what side Keith is on. Yeah. So Sue, the neighbor, thinks he's going to shoot someone or get himself shot. Then 
the Della Rosa family gets even more involved because this part of drama I actually would like to be involved in. So one day they're having a nice Della Rosa family reunion with like tons of relatives and cousins and stuff. He, Joe, barges in and screaming obscenities saying one of their cars is blocking a road. And there were probably children there at this family reunion. They maybe had matching shirts on. They Della Rosa's definitely had matching shirts on. Yeah. And, you know, so he's a jerk. And so they wrote to the county attorneys and said, we need to deal with him. The attorneys say it's a civil matter. So they decide to sue him. And this lawsuit makes a deal with Joe that certain people are allowed access to his trails. So because this lawsuit, he was forced to bend a little, but it's only the people who could afford to be on this civil lawsuit. And so it's these like eight families. This is like Game of Thrones. So he puts a sign up and it says restricted area except only following families are allowed to. And it lists eight last names. It's very clicky. It's very, I want to be with the cool kids. And I don't like it. It's very classist. Do you yes. have money to join this lawsuit? No? Okay. Well, yes. you're SH out of luck. Good Absolutely. Luck. So not everyone can afford to join this lawsuit, including Tim Newman. Tim is the one who loved this. God bless this country and this land. And, and his just wife loved, is okay with the noise. His and- wife is okay with the noise. He couldn't afford to join this lawsuit. So he's not given access. But... Tim thinks it's his God-given right to use the trails. And that supersedes an earthbound lawsuit, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious to me. I totally understand the sentiment, but that's not how things work, Tim. Like, I think it is my God-given right to have a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell, but I can't throw a Molotov cocktail through their window when they run out of them. Not again. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is some there is a law for a reason and this is the law of the government. It would bother me immensely if some people were allowed to use it and some weren't. That seems like then it's not really a law, is it? It's not really a law. That's a weird caveat. It's but- a civil lawsuit, so it's just about money. Yeah. That's it's messed my, up. It's not fair. The whole situation sucks. What Joe is doing is horrible. He is being a bully. But unfortunately, you still can't break the rules because... Well, you can, but you're going to have consequences. You're going to have consequences. Do. Now, yeah. the consequences that happen here are, are unacceptable. Extreme. Way extreme. Not okay. Yeah, not okay. But still, you might get in trouble with the police. Yes. So... And I've gotten in trouble with, from Taco Bell. So, like, I understand consequences. Do you, is that civil lawsuit still pending? Yeah. It's actually a criminal case. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a felony. It's a federal case. Yeah. <laughs> the FBI. It's really, yeah. Crack it so, down. Tim decides it's my God-given right. That supersedes the courts. So, I am going to use the trails anyway. And not only does he do that, he films himself doing it. Don't leave evidence, Tim. Maybe you could have gotten away with it just sneaking around and he might not notice, but you're filming yourself and you're talking about what a jerk Joe is and how you're really getting back at him. Tim, I feel like, is a little bit getting off on 
this troublemaking that he is doing? Well, I don't know. He went... Can I give you some outside information right now that might change your mind a little bit moving forward? Yeah. He called the police every time he broke the bolts. Tim did. To say, hey, I'm breaking these bolts. Yes, and then, but we'll get to that in a why he did that because and we'll get to it in a second. I see. All right. You're right. He was telling the police, but it was for a reason. Tim using the trails, all of this, the men hate each other. They're threatening each other. He's not going on his land to rough stuff up. He's literally walking through his land to get to the other side. It's like no, if I own this part of the sidewalk and you have to cross it to get to the beach access. Yeah. That's like somebody, sorry, this is assuming for some reason I'm a gazillionaire and I live on right. the beach. No, with you know what access. I'm saying? It's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is. I, And I agree the whole thing is so ridiculous. And I don't think it's in front of Joe's house. I think no, this I mean, is a he has ways hundreds away. Of acres, right. But you understand that in the eyes of the law. In the eyes of the law, no, I do get it. But I also understand that the law would roll their eyes heavily at this being like you own hundreds of acres and you've got yeah. a, this guy is not coming in and mowing yeah. down crops to yeah. get to the, he's not there's nothing happening other yeah. than he's literally walking on something yeah. you own and listen i understand the fact that hundred that generations and hundreds of years going back people have used this land mm-hmm. and that no land really belongs to any of us but These are the stupid laws that we have. So I get where Tim is coming from in his belief about all of this. I really do. But that's just not how things work in the real world. So anyways, we get one of our, one of my favorite Keith moments of all time. By late September 2013, tension was, well, it was tense. Did you catch that one? Tense on a fence. I didn't catch it. That's great. Tension was... Well, it was tense. Do you think he just had a brain thing? Because like, sometimes that's the best you can do. Yeah. 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 Brain fart. Sorry, guys. Nope. This is no, as good I as we're it. getting. He looked up the thesaurus. Nothing was clicking yeah. and was like, forget it. Forget So Tim- I can sell this. <laughs> and he did. He did. Yeah. So Tim is all excited because he had hunted a bear. Did not need to see that picture. Oh, yeah. The picture was a lot. It is very upsetting. And then Keith, the only reason I'm mentioning is because Keith uses that to springboard. Oh, yeah. What's that old, what's that old saying? Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes, well, you know the rest. Did you know the rest? <laughs> I 100% did not know the rest, but I, I guessed it. what the rest was. And were you right? Yes. Good. It is, it's pretty obvious what the rest is, even though I don't know if I had heard that expression before. But thank you, Keith, for assuming that I had. So, Wait, and then you, he says, you should probably tell people what the rest is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes the bear gets you. There we go. And then Keith says, oh, by the way, everybody but the bear lived that day. I think we should just stop talking about the bear. Let's just move on. We understand that he caught a bear. He's yeah. excited. It was, but he wanted, wanted to do his foreshadowing. I know that day. Okay. Well, so October 2013, a sheriff gets a call about 911 shots fired and a man is down. So the sheriff goes, he finds Joe Campbell standing by his beloved gate, and Tim Newman is there shot dead. 
Oof. So just want to make it clear in case I wasn't before, even though I think Tim was intentionally poking the bear, which they say later on. Actually, they say baiting the bear. Never heard that. I have always heard it poking the bear. Oh. But he did no way deserve to die. Not in by any stretch of the imagination. This also, especially not even on Joe's property. He's not even in the property yet. He's You're, before he's, the fence. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should mention the sheriff is one of 517 old white men in this episode who are bald and look like Wallace Shawn, the actor from Clueless and Princess Bride who says inconceivable. They look how I expect people in Montana to look. I pictured more rugged. Tim looks rugged. Oh, Tim was rugged. Tim was not. Tim was younger. De La Russo's not. Yeah, he's not. I'll get to all of them. Okay. But the sheriff is adorable, basically, is what I'm saying. He's nerdy, but he's super accomplished. He has medals, all badges all over. I had saved him for fashion police. He's got the ropes going. Yes, he has the ropes. He has the the accoutrement. He's won a bunch of awards. Like, he's amazing. But he just looks like if he wasn't in that uniform, you'd be like, oh, that's my math teacher. But True. But he did win all the awards at Army. Yeah, he did. He won all the the sheriffing awards. Yeah. Yeah. So Tim's gun is found on the ground near his right hand. More on that later. And then this is when the sheriff says he knew that Tim had recently had this huge history of baiting the bear. So he feels like cut and dry. Tim was baiting the bear. This is what's happening. And Joe says, well, Tim had been cutting the padlocks and trespassing and filmed himself doing it. He had admitted to the police that he was going to continue doing it. And he was given tickets for criminal mischief, which actually sounds adorable. And like, you doing that criminal mischief? Like he's Dennis the Menace or something. Also a little bit like a musical number. Yeah. And then we're going to go straight into criminal mischief. After the bridge. Everyone Would got it? Would criminal mischief be in Living It Up in Lebanon? <gasps> yes. Okay. Good. Criminal Living mischief. it up in Lebanon. Living mischief. It up, living it up. <laughs> in case you forgot. So Tim was hoping. So this is what I was saying before. Why Tim was turning himself in to the police by saying, I just cut these padlocks. I'm going to keep doing it. He had this idea that if I can get enough tickets and the police catch me enough times, I can get in front of a judge and then I can plead my case. And the judge will say, you're right, Tim. This is ridiculous. You go ahead and you have access to those trails now. I'm going to say I could see that being someone's idea. Mm-hmm. That seems like totally an idea a mountain man would have. He'd yeah, be like, as long as I get in front of a well-reasonable judge... Talk I'm to him face to face, man to man. Or and man to woman. If I oh. get somebody who understands the ridiculousness of this, yeah, that these trails are worn into the ground, I'm not blazing new trails on this guy's land. Right. I'm going to be okay. So Also, I just he, don't see why it couldn't be that he, he was okay to use this one trail. Why didn't they just do that? Joe was a stubborn man and did not want that. Also, if on it, but honestly, if I were the other neighbors that were allowed to use it, I would have pitched in all my money and gotten him on that lawsuit so that he could use these trails. You know, it means so much to him. It means more to him than it does to you. I guarantee it. I have a feeling that they were only allowed to use one trail. 
Yeah, that's probably true. Because that sign, we see one sign. I guarantee you Joe didn't make 10 signs. He's like, they can use this one access point. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the deal was. I'm surprised he caved at all. But I guess this lawsuit, he couldn't afford it. But you're right in that there was a judge that did see that this was wrong and and went against Joe and his rights to this land. So I would think think you could keep pushing it and be like well in the case of Della Rosa's v Campbell's yes exactly the way this was shown that is ridiculous so let's add a few more neighbors onto it and let's get some more trails if we can get this one trail from him can we get another trail unless there was something in the ruling that made it like they couldn't continue to push for more they could only get that one trail I have one more question why can't the state of Montana just purchase the one trail to solve all of this trouble why can't the county or the city or the area of something the state make that a public access throughway and maybe joe's not selling that land no just the one trail and they can put fence all joe can make up all the rules he wants he wants barbed wire on either side and they can get in and out this way yeah i don't think joe's going for that well then who has the problem here joe well, everyone really. Yeah, everyone has a problem. But seriously, what I just why can't you just bend a little bit? Just bend he's a little. He's un- completely he's more you'd be more likely to bend his super gun than you would be to bend Joe's mind. Wow. But also Tim's mind. Like they were both yes, adamant they were. in their beliefs in their just belief. on the opposite side. Yep, they were. So but I do think it'd be funny if Tim get did get in front of a judge because I know he'd have PowerPoint and he'd have poster board and he'd have a video montage and yeah, it he would might. be he would represent himself and he would just he go would. for it. And he would have a, maybe an ill-fitting sport coat. I would love yeah, to see that. I would love that. Yeah. But what happened was in the days before the shooting, all of the charges against Tim were dropped because again they said it wasn't criminal; it was a civil matter. So now Tim doesn't get to go to court, but he takes it as a permission from the county that he can keep cutting the locks, which is not at all what they said. But that's what he took it as. Well, now I was right. I can keep cutting the locks. And this is right before the shooting happened. Now, Sue and Dan Della Rosa tell him, Tim, cut it out. Don't cut the locks, but cut it out. And they did the... Dave Coulier. He did not. But Tim did not want to listen. So, yeah, he was very stubborn. Both men are very stubborn. So Joe tells the police that he and his wife, Tanny, were not Tandy, were walking up the trail towards their property when Tim started to follow them on his ATV. They slipped through their gate, and Joe said, Tanny, go call the police. And Tim kept following them. And cut the padlock right in front of Joe. This is what Joe has said. Tim sees, as he's cutting the padlock, that Joe is armed. Because Joe always has a gun on him. And said, oh, you're armed. And started to put the bolt cutters down and pulled out his own gun. And Joe was scared and in self-defense shot Tim in the chest. Tim spun around. He still had the gun. So Joe is still panicking and shoots him again in the back. As he's on the ground, right? No. 
this is standing. He's still standing. Tim falls down to the ground, drops the gun and says, you shouldn't have done that, Joe. And then presumably passed away. This is Joe's story. Police don't arrest him because it's self-defense and the laws in Montana are very self-defense friendly. It's very stand your ground. So Keith tells us science is about to enter the story. And science is glorious as all outdoors to bat away foolish human vanities. And that's what Katie was talking about when Keith is really dissing us humans. Again. And well-deserved. I have to say, I feel like this episode makes Keith disappointed in humanity. Yeah. Which I get because it kind of made me disappointed. Yeah. And they, somebody else says it in this episode, they're living in paradise. They're living in the this most beautiful land ever. How could people be so upset there when they're so blessed and surrounded by such beautiful nature and the humans ruin it? Yeah. That's generally what happens, though. Generally. We, ru- we ruin a lot of things. We sure do. But so, not science. Not science. And speaking of science, let's talk Everly Well. Yes. Everly Well has over 30 at-home lab tests like women's and men's health, thyroid, testosterone, cholesterol, heart health. So many new ones. I've taken the food sensitivity test. I've taken the allergy test. I've taken the metabolism test. I'm basically going every month a new test. I think the next one I'm doing the celiac screening test because let's get this gluten sorted out. Can I handle it or can I not? I don't know. Eh? I'm going to let Everly Well tell me. They ship everything to you in this little box. You take your sample and you send it back with the included prepaid shipping labels. You don't even have to leave your house where all of your crazy neighbors are clearly out to get you. Within days, you get results back from a certified lab that have been reviewed by a physician. These are physician-reviewed at-home lab tests. That is what they are. Amazing. Also, the results are super easy to read. They explain it to you, even if you're not a scientist. I mean, I am a scientist, but some of y'all aren't. I don't want to point fingers. You're moonlighting Um, now? (laughs) Yeah. I'm a scientist. PhD. LLC. You can share the results with your doctor after. I took screenshots of the results and I emailed them to her and I was like, I did my work for you. No, I didn't. That would have been rude. But I was excited to share my results with her. For listeners of our show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash date dateline. That's everlywell.com slash date dateline for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash date dateline. Woohoo. Because they e- could have Everly Well, Everly One deserves to be Everly Well. Yeah. Thank you, Everly Well. Katie, I understand that some people are very passionate about their mountains. Mm. We are passionate about another glory of God hair care and hair products. Yes. Hair care, hair products, uh, just all things adorable. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be talking about Kitsch. Mm-hmm. Because Kitsch was created to simplify self-care and beauty products that give you a major boost throughout your day. This is all of a sudden you're fabulous and you don't know why. And it's probably because of Kitsch. Oh, I love that. Kitsch offers game-changing, time-saving beauty essentials for hair, skin, and body. And whatever your budget, whatever your skin type, whatever your hair type, Kitsch believes that you deserve little self-indulgences at affordable prices, morning, noon, and night. Little adorable indulgences. I have to keep saying that because... 
It's adorable. A few of the things I got from Kitsch can only be described as adorable. Would you ever say adorbs or just adorable? You won't. I know. I'll never get you to. How do I answer that question? (laughs) You know the answer. So Kitsch was started in 2010 by selling hair ties door to door. Literally a hustle and a dream. I love it. The best. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations, which is how I became aware of them on my trip to L.A. And I was like, what is all this cute stuff? It was Kitsch, of course. Some of Kitsch's bestsellers include their satin pillowcases, which I am loving mine. It is so soft. I can't even explain it. And also, I have a satin sleep cap that I got from Kitsch, which is super easy to use. And I feel like it's really helped my hairline from hair breakage because that's where I get the most breakages up in the front. Sold. That's where all my frizz is. You'll love it. It's so soft when you sleep. And also, I was worried it would make my head hot. Not a bit. It's actually very cooling because it's this super soft satin. It also makes you feel like Rita Hayworth. When you're like lying your head on the pillow. Yeah, I love that. Like you should have some sort of a nightgown. I feel like I might get a nightgown to match my satin sleep cap. Also, if you spend a lot of time on TikTok out there, you may have seen some of these videos of people throwing away their $600 curler sets for these heatless satin curling rollers that are from Kitsch. It's heatless technology, so it's good on your hair. And also, they're so soft when you sleep in them, they don't hurt your head. You know how big rollers you sleep mm-hmm. on and it's really clunky? These are satin rollers. Unbelievable. Are you going to join TikTok now just to do Kitsch products? This would be the reason. Okay. Would be to promote Kitsch. Obviously, it's time for everyone to try Kitsch for themselves. They're an incredible company and also giving us an incredible deal. Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash date. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash date. Mykitsch.com forward slash date, 30% off your order. Kitschy, kitschy, yeah, yeah, da, da. <laughs> kitschy, kitschy, get your dorbs. You did it. I did it. Thank you so much. Kitsch did it. Thank you so much, Kitsch. <laughs> So all of the neighbors are going to the sheriff's office and saying, why isn't this man in jail? And they're saying self-defense. Everyone is upset. And Keith points out to the sheriff, but also to us, in case we were wondering, it's about intent. And if you intend to protect yourself, it's legal. But if you intend to kill somebody because he's a pain in the A, it's against the law. <laughs> Except he doesn't say A. He says the whole word. Keith. I love when Keith cusses. Is that considered a cuss? I think it's considered a swear. He swore a little bit. It was pretty great. And it was seamless. Seamless as well. Mm -hmm. So he says, if you intend to kill somebody because he's a pain in the A, it's against the law. And the sheriff said, that's right. They make hemorrhoid cream for that. You don't need to shoot people. Um, I lost it. Enter our new sponsor, Preparation H. I wish we had a Preparation H ad right here. That was, he played off Keith so smooth and I did Mm -hmm. not expect it from this highly decorated sheriff. I believe he's probably said that line quite a few times, but it really felt like it was an improv. Um, I mean, it 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 felt uh, organic. Would that be the elevator pitch? No. Hold on. I'm going back there again. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. (laughs) Hold on. No, that's not what I meant. That would be the... 
What happens when they're going to commercial and that's what they play? The it's button. The button. Yeah. That would be, yeah, you're right. That would there be a go. good button line. Oh, and get it? Because it's your butt. <laughs> it's the perfect butt. And there we go. Oh, my gosh. Did it. So Joe says it's self-defense. I shot him in the chest. And then the second shot in his back was just half reflex, half fear. He was still holding his gun. So I just shot him again. But this is curious, as Keith says. He doesn't say odd, but he says curious. I still like curious. Tim was left-handed, but his gun was found next to his right hand. A lefty always breaks a case wide open. Like any episode where there's a lefty that is unfortunately murdered, the killer puts something in their right hand because they don't know their left hand. You're so right. You're so right. God bless lefties. Uh So his gun hadn't been fired. And then Keith says, how did he get the jump on Joe if he had the drop on him? Dennis. Dennis. Why are all the other hosts talking like gumshoes? Except Andrea. She's the only one who hasn't talked like a mob boss from the 40s. But all the other, the gentlemen are all doing it. I he got the jump on him, so I cheesed him. Like, <laughs> I love it so much. I cheesed him. So the deputy attorneys general are on the case. I think that's the right. It's not attorney generals. It's attorneys general, I think. Yeah, it is. So they're on the case. They hear what Joe has to say, and now they're going to hear what Tim's body has to say. So the autopsy, the autopsy shows that the first shot, which severed his spinal cord and would Mm. have paralyzed him instantly, Mm. which is horrific, could have come in his back. And that's the first shot. So they think Joe is completely lying about the order of the shots, basically. Yeah. Police bring Joe in and he says the same story, how scared he was. And they say, if you were so scared, why didn't you just go home? You sent your wife home. Why didn't you just go home? And he says, well, I was on my own property and I didn't think he would actually do anything. So you weren't. So terrified? you weren't that scared. That's you, you can't have it was... both ways. Right. So now Joe says Tim came up to the gate and instead of saying, oh, you're armed. And pulling out his own gun, Tim said, shoot him first, then cut the lock. Like he's talking to himself? Like he's talking to himself in a very strange manner that no no one really talks about. But this is Joe's story now. His story is starting to change. Cool story, Joe. Yeah, they don't know what to believe. They want a shooting deconstructionist, but they have to wait for one of those due to one of those only in Montana reasons, which is the crime scene is completely under snow all winter and they have to wait until spring to bring in the guy. So they bring him up in the spring and the answer, pure and mindless as the first tiny blossoms rose up from the greening soil. It was murder. Yeah. That was beautiful poetry again. It was really good. And thank you for just leaving the humans out of it. I appreciate it. Just stick with nature. We know we're ruining it. Just uh, and then he says, how did they know? And how would they prove it to a jury? And science told a different story altogether. We love science, but Joe's not going to like science. No, he's not. Joe is charged with murder, deliberate homicide. It goes to trial. 
And Keith points out that basically he broke the oldest code in Western mythology, which is you don't shoot someone in the back. Wait, did he say of Western mythology or Wild West mythology? I think he said it both. He said, that's a rule of the Wild West. He broke one of the oldest things of Western mythology. I kind of combined it into one. Oh, sorry. His Western mythology sounds like Western Civ. Like, it sounds like a class that you take. (laughs) Western Civ 1. Maybe I I was supposed to go to and didn't. (laughs) Didn't. Yeah. So Joe has a hearing aid. He's trying to look kind of frail, I think, in court. Oh, Really? Or maybe he just needs that hearing aid. You I mean, he's not he wearing, he's like not pulling extra... a Harvey Weinstein. He's not walking with a walker, so I guess. Was he wearing a suit jacket that was several sizes too big? Because that's think it the giveaway. Was, it was a little ill-fitting to okay. me. Okay. Looks a little ill-fitting. See, yeah. That's the giveaway. He does have that Wallace Shawn look. Inconceivable. <laughs> okay, I hope people know who I'm talking about. So Princess Bride, inconceivable. If you yeah. don't know what that is, then I So the forensic scientist that did the shooting reenactment testifies. And he is also older, white, bald. He also has these creepy white mannequins that look like they are wearing. I know it's just the fabric, but to me, it looks like they're wearing a white version of the black latex suit from American Horror Story. Oh, my God. Which may be because I had just been watching American Horror Stories. So he has these white mannequins in all of these strange positions can they not get dummies why don't they have limp dummies they have like these eh, like actual macy's mannequins i don't know i mean they need the body to be held in certain positions i don't know i think that they have other dummies for that i'm just maybe they're supposed to be white because of blood spatter okay i'm gonna give you that but i I feel like a mannequin with rigid arms is not going to give you any movement. So right. it's if you're trying to see how someone would fall, mm-hmm. a dummy would actually, that's human weight, would allow it to fall the way it would on impact. Does that make sense? Yeah. But a mannequin, you're like, tip with your finger. What it, yeah. Boop, like, yeah. it just falls over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't totally feel very saying. scientific. They are on a mountain, though. Maybe they wanted to carry something lighter up that hill. I don't know. Yeah, running um, up that hill, huh? That song That song is having a moment. So there's flags all over the ground that are pointing where bullets were and stuff. So he says on the stand he can't recreate Joe's version of events for either shot. But he can recreate them in the opposite order. There we go. That Joe said. So he's able to show that Joe shot Tim first in the back as he's running away. Tim falls to the ground and that face up and then Joe shoots him again and it goes up his torso. It touches it goes through his hand first and then goes up his chest and misses his head because he's already down on the ground. So then the state calls Werner slash Werner Spitz, who literally wrote the book on forensic pathology, who I feel like people used to really respect. And then he started being in really infamous cases. And I feel like they don't respect him as much. And is that a read? Is that a fair assessment? I had mixed reaction when I saw him. I was like, oh, and then I was like, mm, yeah, isn't they he go- problematic? I feel like he's problematic, but it could be another guy I'm thinking of. No, you're thinking of him and Henry Lee. I'm thinking of both of them. But probably. you are thinking of Werner Spitz from Kathy, Casey Anthony. It's right. problematic. It, he was in the Casey Anthony and, and Phil Spector cases. And, and? 
Which, what was Anne? Staircase. Oh. Wasn't he called in for Michael Peterson as well? He was. Was he? Yeah, he was. Okay. And so was Henry Lee. Yeah, you're right. So he's eight, he's 89 years old. And he is adorable. He is adorable. He is. And he tries to make a joke. Oh, so he wrote, literally wrote the book on forensic pathology. And he brings the actual book to court. And he makes some joke. And he says, like, I can only tell you if weight has meaning by way of quality, then this book is nine pounds and a quarter. And then he sort of chuckles. And I feel like it's a joke over everyone's head, including mine. Yeah, no one got it. And then everyone laughs because he's so cute. Is weight, is the weight of something having quality something in Western mythology? <laughs> Would that, how, like, what is that from something I should know? The weight of I think of he's just knowledge? saying weight. Weight of knowledge. If weight has meaning, this book means Don't stop it. nine pounds and a quarter. Don't stop it. You're starting to do a Because it's a heavy problem. book. If the book weighs <laughs> 9.8 pounds and your level of intelligence is limitless, <laughs> in what realm is the... Sorry, I can't think of any math terms. I'm done. So he agrees with the first guy that Tim was shot in the back as he was walking away. So this is very bad for Joe. Then they show the home movie of Joe threatening the hunting party. And he's fully outnumbered by a number of hunters. And he is not scared at all. But he's we're smiling. Sp- he's smiling. And he's like, get off my property. And so we're supposed to believe that he was terrified of Tim by himself. Also, he had many contentious relationships that a parade of neighbors testify to. So the first one looks like this very handsome older man in a sweater vest that should be in a Viagra commercial or a soap opera. Yeah. And they say, how was your relationship with Joe? And he says, one word, miserable. Also, side effects may include an erection lasting more than four hours. He is, he was a handsome older man. Another neighbor says, Joe confronted him and said, I don't know who you are, mister, but you're trespassing and I don't want to see you ever again. I mean, he said Mr. That's kind of polite. No, it's um, not. Mr. Is, ba- is just like saying Buster. Yeah. Neither one. Chief. No, Chief is okay. We talked about this. Partner? No, partner's nice. Pal. Pal's not nice. Pal's not nice. Yeah, pal's yeah. not cool. So then a female army colonel on leave from Iraq is on the trails with her dad. Joe confronted them with a shotgun and said, hey, sweetheart, who are you? I'm not happy. And She also wasn't happy. Also, update, I watched season one of Homeland again. <laughs> Since last time we talked about it. It's good, right? Yeah, it is good. I forgot all of it. All of it. So good. And then I started to watch season two, and I got bored about five episodes. Then. Yeah, that's what happens with season two. So they said... That her and her dad said, we're just out riding. Please put the gun away. And he's because he's like waving his gun around. And she says, please, I have to go back to Iraq tomorrow. There we go. Pull that card. Put the gun down. And Joe wouldn't put it down and is saying, this is my property. And that is not how you treat our troops, Joe. Unacceptable. What a jerk. I expected Joe to have more respect for the troops. Uh, Well, she's a lady. 
So oh, she so doesn't count. Oh, so a lady count. soldier doesn't count. Yeah, cool. I think she doesn't count. I mean, allegedly, that's what we're thinking Joe was thinking. We that's what I mean, yeah. So then, days before the shooting, he tells the deputy county attorney who wasn't going to prosecute Tim for cutting the locks because they were saying it was a civil case, remember? He tells her, if you're not going to take care of Tim, then I will, Okay. Then he tells a contractor, who is my favorite, who says, he says, Tim will leave the top of this mountain in a body bag. And he shows his gun to the contractor. And the contractor stands up on the witness stand. There we go. He stands up to act this out. And he has his fingers pointed like a gun to show what Joe's doing. And he says... Next time I see Tim Newman, I'm going to put him down. Put him down, Lamont. Sorry, I'm going to leave that. And Lamont, the contractor, is screaming on the stand, acting this out. I am worried about Lamont's blood pressure. His face is red. But then all of a sudden, Lamont is very calm, and he sits down at the witness stand and says, and that's what he said. (laughs) And scene. Scene. And I thought maybe Lamont isn't as upset and is just a wannabe actor using this as his audition for local community theater. Lamont is in the yeah. local production of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And he <laughs> will be the understudy yeah. for Sweeney. Yes, absolutely. Also, his name is Lamont. It was so funny. And he's like another older white gentleman it's just very amusing but here's what i have to say about lamont if he gets this passionate about things like his mountain i know he's passionate about taking care of this mountain i.e mother earth i.e our planet yes probably trees are amazing they provide shade they make oxygen prevent erosion suck up all that carbon provide homes for animals and they kept on giving to that little boy in the book and that little boy was kind of a jerk he like left and only came back when he wanted something that's how i remember it at least he had to go on with his life i think he had to grow up attitude oh boy So trees take decades growing and you're using them for a couple minutes and then you flush it down the toilet. Now, if you're using it for longer than a couple minutes, I can recommend a good gastroenterologist or you might want to take an at-home lab test. For (laughs) more sustainable TP, I love real paper. It uses 100% bamboo, which is a grass. Thank you, science for informing me of that some species of bamboo can grow up to three feet per day wow which is the opposite of the women in my family who are all shrinking three feet per day super grass yeah since they're like on performance enhancing drugs bamboo wow Bamboo, we are testing you for steroids. Since bamboo is a grass, they can keep reharvesting the same stalk over and over without hurting the plant or the soil, which is amazing. Real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging, including the tape. That's wow. how real real paper is. If you head to realpaper.com slash date dateline and sign up for a subscription using our code date dateline at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. Ooh. That's R E E L P A P E R 
dot com slash date dateline and enter promo code date dateline to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's stop flushing our forests and try Reels tree free paper. Real is paper for the planet. Wow. Thank you, Real. Thank you, Real, because it's time to take stock in what you're doing for our planet. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it did. So the um, thing. now that we've solved the climate crisis, there's no reason we can't look good at the same time. There is a reason if you happen to be in the middle of a horrible breakout. Oh, God. Case scandal. Yeah. They always seem to come at the worst possible times. And if you're like me and suffer from cystic acne, you know that it's not just ugly bumps on your face. It can be really painful, too. So it's painful emotionally mm-hmm. because you just feel terrible. And it's also just painful to touch your face. It's yes. really unpleasant. But we've all had struggles with our skin. And that's why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe to sponsor this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, an expert dermatology team will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and your medical history, then snap a few selfies and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. Also, don't forget, Apostrophe treats all kinds of acne. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be horrible cystic acne like mine. It can be hormonal acne, facial acne, even chest knee, back knee, and the also kind of painful butt knee. Super painful. Head to toe. Treating acne head to toe. Head to button. Oh, head to button. It's been really nice to know that my treatment plan was crafted from a real dermatologist and that it was tailored just to me and that I can tell. Recently, my skin has sort of had a flare up and I went online and visited Apostrophe. They took a look at my plan and they adjusted my topical medication. I'm still on the same oral medication, but I have a new topical medication. And the cool thing is I know in a couple of weeks, they're going to text me to see if it's working. They're very involved and it feels really good to know I have a real dermatology team on the other end helping me with my painful acne. Also, when I get the box from Apostrophe, it couldn't be cuter. They come with postcards and stickers to personalize your prescription bottle. So it's not just a normal prescription bottle. I have this really cute like face medicine bottle. It's adorbs. There you go. I love it. Also, I didn't have to go to the pharmacy to wait in line to get my meds. Apostrophe, everything is delivered by mail, which is so easy. And we have a special deal for our audience right now. You can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash date dateline when you use our code date dateline. This code is available only to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit, and then use our code date dateline when you sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5 and it might be the best $5 you've ever spent. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline. And be sure to use that code date dateline to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. Thank you. And thank you to Apostrophe for always putting a period at the end of my skin troubles. Oh, thank you, Apostrophe. Adorbs. So the defense takes the stage and i don't know where i was going with that the defense is the defense's turn it's the defense's turn back to trial the 
they say it was self-defense. They have their own expert to combat the two experts that the prosecutors had. Vincent DeMeo, who wrote the book. Everyone's just wrote a book here. Why haven't we written a book? So Vincent wrote the book on gunshot wounds. He testifies there's nothing to disprove Joe's story. Okay. He his theory what is, is that, that's not a good defense. I don't feel like that's a good defense. He his theory is that Tim could have been jumping or falling backwards when the first bullet hit his hand and chest and then the second shot hit him in the back. Why did he spontaneously jump backwards? He was doing the Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do, Vincent does not let us know how that happened. What was he doing? Jump, jump. I don't know what he was doing. He tripped over something? Was I don't the know. the fence electrified? So he touched it and went right. zap and he went, oh, and that he shot it in the air. Yeah, I could But then he's still not that. a danger because he's been electrified. Right. So dueling experts, we kind of have three against one or two against one, but they only talk about Werner and Vincent and they put them in split screens so you know it's very serious very serious dueling then Joe's wife Tanny Tanny takes the stand and she seems nice which is the whole point which is to make him look nice and to not look like a bully because we've only heard terrible things about him so she says it is she says Tim has been confronting them in his truck all week so he had pulled up to them on the truck, said, I finally found you. And Wait, he had pulled up to them in his truck and said, I finally found you. In the you. weeks before, he right. had pulled up to them in his truck, said, I finally found you. And Joe said to him, Tim, we've given you a notice that you're not welcome on our property. Please don't harass us. Which just sounds, that sounds like Joe. Totally. Exactly um, like him. Yeah, he only yells at troops sometimes and um, <laughs> waves guns around at parties of hunters. But yeah. he fully said, please, please don't harass us. Mm-mm. So they asked Tanny, were you scared of Tim at that moment? And she says, I was startled, which she can't even admit that she was scared. Tanny. She was startled. That's not like the same Tanny's... thing and you know it. I think she's being untruthful with Tanny here. Just... She's being Tanny out to false (laughs) lying yeah there you go so she said joe drags her away as tim hollers out the window of his truck let's just get it over with right now which does sound threatening and then he just drove away so he according to her tim said let's just get it over with right now and then proceeded to drive away okay also doesn't make sense no but that's what she said so he receded but she was still scared or startled. Apologies. She wasn't scared. She was startled. Right. So then she's crying on the stand and she says, if he just wanted to cut the lock, why would he chase up that hill? So she's now talking about the day on the ATV, the day it happened. Right. And so, well, he was chasing you because he wanted to cut the lock and you were heading towards where the lock was. That's part of it. So also he probably was trying to intimidate you. And stand his ground, too. Because he thought Uh, he was right. Yeah. So she says he was unpredictable and he was highly agitated. So Joe told her, go home, get safe, call the sheriff. And she's crying and she's saying, I didn't want to leave Joe. But she did leave. She heard gunshots. After she calls 911, she runs back. 
Tim is dead. And Joe says, he came at me with a gun. I didn't have a choice. Do you remember Tanny's 911 call that we hear? Yes. Do you remember she says, we have a man down? Yeah. So she just heard the gunshots. How did she know someone was down? Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. She must, maybe she just didn't, maybe she thought it could have been her husband. Do I have a breakthrough in the case? Should I call someone? Is this water shoes? Uh, I mean, <gasps> technically, she might just say, well, I thought someone was down. I didn't know who it was. It was one of them. But how did you know some, if you just heard gunshots, right, it could, it could have, have been, been firing into the air. Somebody could have been hurt. Like, also, P.S., don't fire into dead. the air. That's still very dangerous. But right, um, we don't know exactly what was happening. So how would you know specifically that we have a man down? Did she grab her cell and then run up the hill while she's calling? She didn't sound out of breath on the call. Yeah, it's interesting. I have some questions for Tanny. If she could yeah. write in, that'd be great. Prosecutors point out, not so gently, as Keith said, which is <laughs> another one of those Keith Shady moments, points out not so gently that parts of her story had changed since her first interview. Unfortunately, since this is only an hour episode, we don't really get like a full breakdown of how her stories had changed. Yeah. But we know that they had, and so had Joe's. Right. Then Joe takes the stand. He looks like Mr. Feeney. He is an from Boy Meets World. Yes, he does. Does he not? Yeah, he does. Yeah, good call. We have to now decide, is he grandfather of seven, gentle man, or neighborhood bully who brandished his weapon at everyone? He can be both. He could be both. So he denies that he's just not a bully to his grandkids unless they are females in the army. And then he's going to bully them. So allegedly, he denies on the stand that he threatened the hunters on that video. Okay. We saw you do it. It's on video. It's on video. Stop it. He didn't point a shotgun at the troops, which I keep saying it's the whole troops. But that's what I feel like he did. You do it to one troop, you do it to all troops. We've made this point before. It's a representation. It counts. Yeah. And... He did admit that he was go- said, I'm going to take care of Tim if you don't take care of him. But he meant with legal action. And the only reason he admitted to that is because that was the deputy AG or something, right? right? He, can tell, he can say, oh, those hunters are lying. That one dude that I called Mr. is lying. That chick that shouldn't be in the army is lying. But this, you know, lady who is an official position of the county, I guess I can't say she's lying. And so I'm going to admit that I said it, but she misunderstood me. I will say that that's a very effective move for the prosecution to take, which is everybody is lying but me. We have seen it recently again, but it's a very, if I was a jury member and they went down the line and were like, so you're just saying all of these people came here today to lie. Yes. No, they're not. So he says he's a peaceful and frustrated man. So this peaceful man has a street sweeper, street sweeper gun around. (laughs) Because that's a peaceful gun for a peaceful man to buy. Is something called a street sweeper used for riots? Right. He was scared of Tim because Tim had murder in his eyes. Okay, you just said you thought that he wouldn't do anything. He said it's hard to say here in front of everybody, but I was trying to stay alive. Why is that hard to say it in front of everybody? Because he's lying? Like, why is... Or because it's not manly to admit that you're scared? Number two. 
Number two, okay. Also, the crying right now. Yeah, so now he's crying quite a lot. And I was thinking about Tanny and my kids and my grandkids, and no tears are coming, but I'm squeezing my eyes so tight, trying to get a just one single bit of liquid out, but none is coming. The tears just aren't coming. There's no liquid coming out? No liquid, but he's squeezing his eyes in these blinks, if every time you blinked, it was like incredibly painful and you're squeezing them so tight. And what's weird is I don't not, know if you noticed, but when he took the stand, he's doing this weird kind of facial expression. I don't know if I can do it right. He's sort of like, like a cry kind of <laughs> yeah. face a little bit. Like he had kind of been working himself up into mm-hmm. that before he even got on the stand, not realizing it. My man, you are going to have to make it through all of the prosecution right. asking you to recount. Yeah. And then all the way, like if you're trying to cry at you this one point. You can only pluck the leg hairs with tweezers through your pocket for so many hours before the prosecutor says Lamont Moultrie. <laughs> and that's when we get Lamont's last name, which is Moultrie. Lamont Moultrie, is that not a soap actor? Lamont Moultrie going up against Werner Spitz? Uh (laughs) What's happening in this world? Battle of the European consultants. The prosecutor says, Lamont Moultrie says that you told him, I'm going to put Tim down like an animal. And Joe says, I never said that. And the prosecutor says, so uh, everyone is lying. Okay. There we go. That's the key. Yeah. Pros- the prosecutor says, you know, you could have avoided this confrontation, but you didn't want to. You wanted a confrontation. You could have walked or jogged or ran home to safety. And Joe says, well, it's easy to say that in this courtroom. It's easier, you know, than it was up on that mountain. So, okay. How- No, it's not. That makes no sense. That's not an answer. No. So also, the, I don't know if you noticed, but he's trying to cry in the court, but he nary a tear in his police interview days after this event oh, when he's right. describing what happened. Nope. Now he's talking about how scared he was. But in that police interview, not I mean, not even scratchy yeah, no. face, nothing. So the Delarosas, the neighbors, they want him to be found guilty and they think everyone on the mountain will move to get away from him if he is up there. So it'll basically ruin their whole community. On the second day, the judge, the jury sends the judge a note that they're deadlocked. Even with more time, they won't be able to find an answer. And I, he declares a mistrial. And I, was, I hate when they do that. Give it. They need to have it be like three days. There needs to be a minimum or something. I don't like that. So, is the state going to retry? They decide. They might not get him guilty a second time. They don't want to risk it. So they offer him a plea deal and he decides to take it. He pleads no contest. He's not admitting it or denying it. He Uh. gets a, a reduced charge. The prosecutors think it's the best that they can get because they just can't guarantee that they will find him guilty the next time. Tim's wife, Jackie, gets to speak and she calls Joe callous and says he has no remorse. And Tim's daughter, Christy, can't be there because she had a baby, but she sends a statement that her dad died a hero. What will you die, Joe? Yeah. Ooh, that's good. 
Joe doesn't say anything in court. He doesn't appear on Dateline. He gets 20 years and you're really excited and you're like, yes, justice. But then Keith says, but not in prison. No. A suspended sentence. No fines. Nothing. Not even a fine? His fine essentially is his punishment is he's never allowed to own a gun. Which for him is a punishment. That's good punishment. Yeah. He can never return to the mountain. And that's that's a good good punishment too. Because it is his precious. Keith says his precious property. I wanted him to be like, my precious. Precious. He was obsessed with that property and he never gets to see it again. And Keith points out how ironic that is. And the Della Rosas point out that before he bought all that land, he used those trails just like everyone else. He walked along everyone else's property just like they all did to get to that public land. And then he took over and he wouldn't give up control. And he, What's wrong with you? Yeah. And Keith says it's like a fable that Aesop wrote. And then that made me think how much would we love if Keith wrote fables? I feel like he does. I mean, he does in Dateline form. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of. Also, the De La Rosas were so into that. They were like, yes, yes, yes Aesop. They got so excited. High five, yeah. Aesop. I loved it. That was I great. I wish they had high five, Keith. Yeah, that would have been good. Keith, write us some more fables. Maybe on the Calm app, he'll do some more. Yeah. Because so, I would love a bedtime, another bedtime story from Keith. This episode was dedicated to our Patreon, Aaron D. Now, Aaron lives in Washington. I tried to find someone who lived in Montana. Unfortunately, we have no Montana Patreons at that level that get the shout out currently. But geography makes me think that these are fairly close together. Okay. And that it also has lands like that. It does that have beautiful v- lands. And, and beautiful. And mountains. So, Aaron, I hope you get your land and no one fights you for it. And yeah. you have a fence and you do some leaning on that fence. You technically own a piece of this podcast land. Good As point. being a Patreon. So, oh. congratulations to you and to us all. Thank you so much. I will be so sending much. you a deed via email. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. For being uh, part of this Date with Dateline landscape. Yeah, I was going to sing like Happy Trails to you oh, or something. That's good. Happy Trails to you. And that's the only Until part of we, meet. we meet again. Repeat the first part. Happy Trails, Aaron D. You, you are, are such a good friend. friend. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thank, Thank you, you Aaron. so much. Thank you very much. Do you have any B-roll bonanza? I got a little bit. The drone shots of man of Montana. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of men in this episode. The drone yep. shots of Montana are yeah. just, you want to go there, right? Well, I've become obsessed with Montana in the past few months because my dad had me onto this show called Living Big Sky, which is one of those yes. like HGTV, one of those like where they're house hunting, but I've only seen in that. Montana. I've seen that. So beautiful. Yeah, it is really, it is it is sort of like when they say God's country. I get it. Yeah, If God it's maybe picked a place, he might pick Montana. Yeah, it's Makes beautiful. sense to me. The De La Rosas have a Springer Spaniel, and I very much like Springer Spaniels. So I, I got very excited. I know. And I, it, yeah, I love Springers too. I used they're to have one. S- 
They're so um, cute. My mom did too. Cute. So then we see when Keith is talking about how generations using that land, we see like a lot of old black and white footage of like old Westerners. It was very cute. That makes sense. And then we see the Della Rosa family eating and we do a close up shot yeah. of their meal, which was sausage, some sort of sausage yeah. and tater tots and these eggs that looked green. To me, it because of the lighting, maybe of the shot, they look like green scrambled eggs. I did not know. Maybe green eggs and ham. Maybe they um, do that. Maybe they do yeah, like a fun maybe, food coloring in their eggs. Maybe that's a thing. But the tater tots looked yummy. And then the sheriff is typing on a laptop on the hood of his car, which <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's good. That's and good Keith stuff. did lots of leaning. I feel like I didn't mention it very much, but he leaned quite a bit on any fence he could find. And there were, I mean, this is literally about fences. It's fence country. And padlocks. We also get to see Tim Newman in a picture with a little donkey. (gasps) So cute. I couldn't tell if it was, have you seen the mini burrows? Have you seen a mini donkey? Yeah. They're real cute. Yeah. I want one of those very I know you do. Yeah. I like mini ponies, but I really like mini donkeys. I know. Okay. And then the courtroom. Good God. Yeah. That was elaborate yeah. and beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Stunning. It's, I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost like it should have flying buttresses. It felt like a cathedral. Yeah. It was huge high ceilings and then bright colors like red and yellow, yeah. like primary, but beautifully done. It was stunning. Yeah, I love it. I feel it. like they waste a lot of really good architecture on a place where criminals are. But that was what? They said the state of Montana something. That was the state Supreme Courthouse, I think is what they said. It was. I think that's the nicest courthouse around. Oh, it must be because they were in, I think the closest town to where they were was Mount St. Helens, which is the, or Mount St. Helena, which is the capital. Okay. So it could be that. Good geography tip. Yeah, just a tip. That's one I remember. So outside info, are you ready? Yeah. There was a civil lawsuit filed by Jackie the wife of Tim, and I'm sure everyone assumed it, and they did settle, and it was for a million dollars. Good. That helps a little, right? Yeah. Okay. And then I have some other interesting information from the Great Falls Tribune, which I found pretty fascinating because it gives you a breakdown of kind of what happened leading up to. So basically, there were a bunch of different a bunch of different disputes that were called on a lot of on Joe himself by neighbors. So in 2004, somebody calls law enforcement to report that his water lines had been cut and alleged that Joe Campbell had done it. Oh, my God. I know. Then in 2008, the police received a report over a boundary dispute and trespass claim between Campbell and this other guy. This other man happens to be disabled and used an ATV to get to the upper reaches of his property, which is only accessible by crossing a portion of Campbell's land. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty bad, right? I feel like that's terrible. Also, Joe reported to the police that this other guy from the Diamond X Bar Ranch had trespassed. And then again, that same year, another person reported that Campbell and his wife trespassed on their land. 
So huge. it's just a lot of like back and yeah. forth, back and forth. Yeah. In 2009, the De La Rosas reported that Campbell had trespassed. So now they're on. They're trying to get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then again in 2009, someone else reported that Campbell had threatened him and his adult daughter as they were planning to ride the pony trail. And I'm wondering if this is the person going to Iraq. This is located within the boundaries of Campbell's yes, property. Yes, she did say they were going horseback riding. So that was it. And then that's when all the neighbors got together and wrote a letter to the Lewis and Clark counties. Lewis and Clark County? Yeah. That's funny. The attorney's office asking for an intervention, and they said, no, 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 no. March in 2013, Tim Newman called the sheriff to report he had cut the four locks in the Diamond Bar X area. He believed were blocking access to the public land. And then in May of that same year, Newman called again. So Tim called again to advise the tra- to advise that the trails again were being blocked. And then he was told it was a civil matter. He told the sheriffs at that time he had cut the locks. And that's when he was issued the citations for criminal mischief. And the jury trial was scheduled to begin in October. Did you um, just say issued? Issued. Did I say issued? I have been watching some British stuff, so apologies. <laughs> then in June 2013, Tim confronted, no, Joe, sorry, Joe again confronts a neighbor about his brother riding ATVs on his property. And then, okay, this is a big one. So this one guy named had a cabin sort of I don't know how it was connected to Joe's land but basically Newman said that he would help freeze with some electrical work that he needed on this cabin and the only way to get to that part of the land to do the electrical work was going through Campbell's land and that's when Campbell when Joe said the thing about Tim Newman's either going to jail or they will be putting him in a body bag and he's trying to do something nice for this other neighbor. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. So there's all of these different ones. That's just like a little example, but there's a bunch of things that went back and forth, back and forth for just so long. Yeah. No, this is why the show Fear Thy Neighbor was created. But sadly, there have been enough incidences like this that that show has been on for many, many seasons now. So many. It's one of the longest running shows on AD. It's got to be because whenever I look at it for an episode for ID, but they're always really sad. They're so dark. Yeah. Not that Dateline isn't dark, but no, it's just the way that they're told. And a lot of them involve children. A lot of them. We try not to do that. Fashion police. Did you have anything? No, except the sheriff. Me too. Yeah. That's all I had. Did you have a title or titles? I tried Big Sky Murder. That's good. Baiting the bear, which is what they said. Something about hemorrhoid cream. I really wanted to get somewhere. Preparation H for murder. I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, no, Um, stop. You're almost there. You are so close. Preparation H for homicide. That a girl. Yes. I'm ready to Lamont and La Mountain. (laughs) Lamonting the mountain. Okay. Lamont Moultrie takes the stand. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all. I think that's the title. Yeah. Lamont Moultrie is maybe the best name we've had on it's Dateline. It's so in a good. Minute. It's really good. He just doesn't seem at all like a Lamont. Nothing. He seems like no. a, a Joe or a Dave. I would Ski- like to know his, his family history. I'm very curious about how yeah. did they end up in Montana? Yeah. Okay. Also, what? It's not like quite French. Is it 
Austrian? Like, it feels what, what's French, your... but mo- yeah, it feels I more feel French. Like to me. Yeah, it could be Austrian. Around, yeah. around France. Yeah. I'm not sure. Belgian? Yeah. Is he a Belgian? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Lamont, LeMay, Hercule Perrault. That right. it could be Belgian. Yeah. All right. What about Campbell's Crime Corner? Mm-hmm. He did that. Murder on Lock. Well, that's bad. Murder on Padlock. That's bad. Oh, okay. I do not have good titles this time. Then I have Shot Through the Back and You're to Blame. You Give Stand Your Ground a Bad Name. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Because like it's it. true. It is. It it's really a, is. This is a frustrating case because we know how Keith feels mm-hmm. because of the way he very pointedly says, these are traditional trails, mm-hmm. traditional trails, yeah. trails that have been used for. It's a problem because you sort of don't like Joe, right? In the episode, you don't like him as a person. Right, right. But we don't know exactly what happened here. I don't. It doesn't seem like it was self-defense, but what if it was? And I think Tim was poking the bear and was intentionally trying to cause a stir, but he didn't deserve this at all. So let me ask you this. What would you do if you were on the jury? I would have voted him, found him guilty. You think so? I believe the two forensics guys over that one guy who's like, I can't say that's not what happened. It's this... Theory of two, if you lie about one thing, you're going to lie about a lot of things. Yeah. The baseline is, I don't think you were scared. No. And I think his story changed several times, and so did hers. Yeah. And I think the crying on the stand, to me, feels like a cheap trick. Yeah. And you're playing on people's emotions, and that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And you'll only stand for that when it's the band. Cheap trick. Oh, I did want to get something worth barely for my title. Because of the bear. Barely a... Barely a homicide. Barely self-defense. I don't know. Oh, that's good. No, that's good. You had good titles this time. Barely a tear. Good job. That's the one. Thank you, everybody. Follow us on social media. Follow Mm -hmm. us. Come on. Please check out our Patreon. And we're doing a very highly requested Patreon episode for this month. So just a heads up. It's going to be good. Might want to join it. Stand your ground to keep listening to this podcast and tell a friend and give us a five-star Apple podcast review. Yes. That doesn't really make sense at all. Well, if you were on the fence about it, now's the time. (laughs) There we go. Thank you, everybody. Be your own mountain. Be your own bear. Blaze your own trails. Blaze your own. Good job. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. a little jelly of all these people who have literally written the book on things. So he's What would it ri- be called? Kimber in the rut? Skip Kimber and Kidders in the rut? Yeah. I, I can't wait. In a so, rut. Kimber and Kidder in-, in a rut. And it's us going <laughs> on the front of the book. And we just give sort of helpful but sometimes not helpful advice. Like Life the lessons. time in our last patreon live stream that someone reminded me of today where you said you just have to be happy with being kind of sad i did not say that did i yeah my life advice is yeah. always has like a little bit of one of those frowny like that's yeah, not it's the frown it's just <laughs> it's not the frown it's the straight line yeah it's like mm. life is hard <laughs>